eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Denver Hoops and Dreams. I'm your host, Jeremy Nichols. Got my co-host in the building, Jack Balsley, Nelson Newth. We got everybody in here to talk some Denver Nuggets. Now, before we talk about the Denver Nuggets, and I, yeah, we're we, 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 we going to go through it, guys. Trust me, we gonna, we're going to go through all these emotions together. Um, but other than this game, well, Nelson, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, can I pay you some money to be my shrink? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man, I think I think we might all have to be each other's shrinks tonight. I think this is yeah. one of those those moments. But um, like I said, so other than just basketball related stuff, how are you guys doing, Nelson? Let's start with you. How was your day? How's the family? How's everybody doing? Oh, you're so nice. Um, I'm good. Um, I know after the game three thing, we you talked we talked about maybe doing something and. I had just lost a big real estate transaction. Oh no! And then, and then the Nuggets lost, and I was just like, I was not in a good mood. And then yeah. when you said, "Oh, we're gonna have a Phoenix fan on," I was like, "Oh no!" I like I couldn't you handle couldn't. it. That's fair. And yeah, I, yeah. And I, I think you. that's I think it's kind of on. I thought to myself like that's really kind of unprofessional. But in the same sense, I was just like. I was already beaten up from my day at work, and I was like, I don't think I really need that tonight. Yeah. So, anyways, it's great to be with you too. Um, looking forward to talking about the Nuggets. It's not all doom and gloom, so I'm excited that uh, we're they're coming back to Denver for this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cool, Jack. Talk to us, man. Doing good. Just housing for my parents. Um, you know. The, the post-college life kind of things to do. Uh, right. Shout out to them. They're, so, they're <laughs> celebrating their 35th wedding anniversary. Oh, cool. Very nice, wow. man. Congrats. So congrats to them because they listen sometimes. Um, trying, to, <laughs> trying to get brownie points. Um, no, but, you know, living good. It's, it's, life's nice, Jeremy. How you doing, man? Um, You know what, man? Just about the same. I mean, uh, you know, definitely got my ups and downs as well like everybody else. But, uh, yeah. hey, we just – we chug along, right? That's 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 all it is, you know. So, hey man, taking it one day at a time. And just like Nelson mentioned, it's like I'll tell you. I mean, yesterday wasn't my best day at all. And then like just a lot of different things happening all at once. And then of course coming back home. All right, I finally got a couple hours to just relax to watch the Nuggets game, and boom, 
It was just like, okay, here, here's a, here's another beating for the day. You know, uh, that's kind of how it felt. But listen, guys, it's all good. You know, life is Today's good. We're all. Day. It is a totally new day. Um, obviously, we got some good news today about the Nuggets, right? So, uh, which in in reality, it shouldn't have, should not have even been a thing. But you know, the media and everybody gonna make everything a thing, even when it doesn't need to be. So, um, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, we're definitely gonna dive into everything here in a second. Um, the Nuggets, right? <laughs> Two straight <laughs> losses. Um, and and Nelson, just to to go back on just the conversation I had uh, with Gavin, right, the Suns fan. I'll tell you, man, he's. That dude was one cool. of the most. That dude cool was one dude. of the most professional. Like he knew he knew more about the Nuggets than I know some Nuggets fans. Like he was talking about the Nuggets back in the day and this particular about this Nuggets player and you know cool. he had Embiid as he had he was like dude when I told him about the whole Embiid thing he was like dude Embiid but ain't no MVP that's what he yeah. said he was like he had Jokic like it's just it was there's a level of respect there right and i even we kind of went back and forth well not necessarily back and forth but um we had different opinions about the devin booker foul situation but that's okay right like it wasn't sure. even there was sure. no argument none of that stuff it was all professional real cool but yeah, um sure. it was just a it was a cool a really really cool show um gavin is, is super super dope um but yeah, we were able to kind of talk about obviously game three and, um, you know, obviously we somewhat previewed what game four was, but obviously that preview on my part, because I had the Nuggets winning that. Um, but, you know, he obviously had the, the Suns winning and it's just all good. But just going back to last night and and Jack, I want to get I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, just your I want to see I want to go through and see if we had the same thought process from start to finish. Just what stood out to you in game four? Yeah, man. Game four. I, I, it's tough. I would say they they played good, but just not, I mean, honestly, not good enough. That's how I would describe it. I wouldn't say that. I mean, they, clearly they didn't get their asses kicked. Clearly they, you know, they were in the game and fighting, but obviously it wasn't enough. I think, you know, it, it, some players need to step up. And I think they, or I didn't, I don't think I know they didn't. So, you know, I think that's really what screwed us over. And to be fair, I feel like that's a very basic analysis because that's typically what happens when a team loses because certain guys didn't step up. But I think that, you know, I do blame coaching on this. Not, of course, they didn't lose because of Michael Malone, but I think that some of his decision-making was very questionable. I mean, he just runs through this. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But then he doesn't realize when it's broke. <laughs> mm, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so I think that's really what's crippling the team. Cause there's guys like Jeff green where love him as a player, love him as a teammate. That was not his night. And it, the weird part is it's like, if you look at his stats, like, you know, like, well, he didn't really just, he didn't do much. And that's the problem. Like he right. didn't do anything like, and again, it's rather, it's just, and of course, he, I mean, like you see, he didn't have, he had zero turnovers. So it's like, oh, he meant it. But like, yeah, he was bad. And yeah. so just the fact that there was no adjustments and I can't remember where I saw this, but something about Monty Williams making that bench adjustment after those first two kind of, mm-hmm. problems, you right. know? and so just like, and how it's clearly working. And so it's just really disappointing to see that like, I mean, I think at one point he would, he would, I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I guess, I mean, you can even tell by stats, but like 
Malone really got down to just green and brown. And then it was like, well, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> clearly both of these guys, and I don't know why Bruce Brown either wasn't taking shots because both of both green and brown combined for four shot attempts um, and 10 points, which, I mean, isn't in playoff basketball. Sometimes that's not like too bad, like on the bench, just because they some guys just exhaust the starters. But you look at the Suns bench and you had 19 from Shamit. You had nine, you had eight from Ross, eight from mm-hmm. Landon. So it's like stuff like that where it's like I just don't understand really I just don't get the thought process in the coaching behind it. And of course, I I, I don't want to be an armchair coach because I'm not put in that situation, but it's just I think the issue a lot of Nuggets fans have is it's not that it's just that one thing, it's that he's been doing that for the past four years. You know right. what I mean? So it's like that's why Nuggets fans are frustrated about the coaching and can kind of talk about it more than just like coaching complaining because like he's been doing the exact same garbage before I start cursing him out, but he'd been doing the exact same garbage for the last four years. And it's like, he's losing games. And of course, like there's guys like MPJ where it's like, you can't shoot that horrific. Like you're like that, that just can't happen. So to, to like Malone's defense in that way, it's like, okay, if MPJ is playing 41 minutes and he's only making four, like four field goals, it's like, okay, he's also screwing this team over. So in this one game, I'm not, he's not like the kryptonite to the team or anything, but I just think it was just very interesting to see the roster rotation and how there was just no adjustment. And I think that was just the most frustrating part. And quite frankly, it's a real bummer because that's all I'm talking about when Jokic had 53 F points like that's that's mm. so freaking impressive but that's i don't like in in a way i don't care about it because of course i'm not used to 53 because that's godlike for a center but like i'm not it's like i expect him to step up and he does but then at the same time it's like i just i, I can't focus on it as great as it was and as historic of a performance it was and how impressed i am of him because of course Every single game, he seems to impress me more than he did the last. Right. It's just I can't, I can't focus on that. I got to focus on the negative. But go ahead, Nelson. Talk Jack, to us. I, I like that take. Yeah, Jack, I really did. Um, it goes back a little bit, Jeremy, doesn't it? To what I said. First of all, I had mixed messaging. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Um, I said first I wanted to see uh, Jokic, um, really taking control. I don't know if right. you remember that at yep. the beginning mm-hmm. of the playoffs. Yep. Then I said, in order for the Nuggets to be effective, maybe he doesn't need to be that player. In other words, if he can, you know, get his assists and block and and do everything that he does, maybe that's the better the better player. He did okay. that obviously two games ago, where he had literally one of the best overall games of any player mm-hmm. that I've ever seen with 30, 17 and 17. Yeah, that was I incredible. mean, do we realize how insane that is? Yeah. Cause yeah. that was insane. Then he comes back with his 53. Here's what I don't like. I don't, I don't like that. We have four legitimate scores on our starting roster. We are not the Phoenix suns. The Phoenix suns have two, without Chris Paul, have two legitimate scores on their team, and they go to them every time. How many shots did, did Jamal have 
Jack, if you could help me with that. Yeah, 25. Uh, 25 <laughs> shots. Um, so my question is, yeah, um, MPJ was not effective, but how many shots did he get? You said 12? I mean. Yeah, 13. And, okay, and does he need to go to the rim? That My rule as a coach would be, look, Mike, if you miss two outside shots, your next shot is going to be to the rim, and if it's not, I'm pulling you. Right. Like you have to have that rule with him. There's got to be some coaching where if, if he's off so he can generate, we've seen him generate other points by going into the basket. He's 610. We for have. Good, yeah. We, mm-hmm. He's 610 for goodness sake. So um, I would like to see this as an overall perform. What happened in game one when Aaron Gordon went off for 26, 23 points, mm-hmm. we blew him out. So, I think you're minimizing the other players because Jamal Murray seems to feel like he needs to be um, bubble Jamal. And then obviously the Joker's taking over on a different level. I'd like to see more even spread out wealth through that throughout the team, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because we have those other weapons. The other thing I would just do right off the bat Stop let letting Jamal bring the ball up the court every single time. Let someone else bring the ball up the court. It's you can see he wears down a little bit. He's any and the one uh, concern I have about Jamal, he's not the fastest guy off of certain moves that he makes. I'm not saying he's not quick. Um, but I noticed that he wears down a little bit because he's pressured and people are in his grill. Um, in all of these series, I'm sure it's taking a bit of a toll on the guy, especially right. coming off an injury. I don't know if you guys have picked up on that. So again, bench bench was horrible. Um, no doubt about it. No adjustments from the head coach. Um, and then two players who you depend on for the whole game. And then when it's fourth quarter time, everyone's like out of rhythm, out of sorts, no chances to go ahead and um, make their imprint on the game. That's not who this team is. Mm -hmm. It's not the Joker and Murray show. It's Jokic, MPJ, Aaron Gordon, and sprinkle in KCP or Bruce Brown for 10 or 15 points. Yeah. And if you can't get that and you're just two two guys being dominant, it's not going to work. And their defense has got to be different. I don't know what they're going to do. That's where I go back to the foot quickness of Peyton Watson. And I know that's probably <laughs> um, probably uh, not the right thing to think about. I would put Peyton Watson on Booker and see what he can do. He's six foot seven and he's got good lateral quickness. If he fouls out, I'm fine with that too. Put some physical pressure on Devin Booker. You got to mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we listen, both of you guys, I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. Um, I think just watching the game, I, I already know while I'm watching, I know you guys are going through the same. Oh yeah. I me. knew they were going to lose. Um, like it, it just, it's just one of those games where like you're watching it and yes, we started, we saw Jokic just cooking, right? Like he was getting anything he wanted. Um, it didn't really matter what the situation was. And what was the most impressive side was he had 53, but he also had 11 assists. Like that is the other side of it. Like, so he, he was a part of, 70 80 almost like almost 90 points if you right. really think about it right right um but yeah nelson you said it correctly 
this Nuggets team is more successful when the ball is moving around. The one-on, this is not a one-on-one team. We are not the Boston Celtics, right? Like we are not, you just give the ball to Jason Tatum and let him go one-on-one or give the ball to Jalen Brown, let him go one-on-one. That is not the, that's not the mold and the style of this team when we're successful. That's just not what it is. So just like you brought up in game one, Aaron Gordon attacking the basket, MPJ spacing the floor, KCP spacing the floor, Bruce Brown playing defense, spacing the floor. Everybody has to be able to to get into their particular roles. And you brought up, obviously, Peyton Watson, right? Michael Malone did talk about him today for the first time because, remember, before the playoffs started, Michael Malone went on this whole spiel, and he's like, listen, guys, trust me, there's going to be a moment where I'm going to call your name, and it's going to be you. I'm going to need you that night, so don't listen, bro. How many players have we not seen yet in the playoffs? It's been a decent amount of them, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> right, right. So, like, like you said all of that just to sound cool, but then all of a sudden we're still stuck with 30 minutes of Jeff Green, okay? Like, every night. Like, that's all I'm seeing is every time I look up, Jeff Green is on the floor. Every time. You know? So, yes, Peyton Watson, try him out. Devin Booker has shot at a ungodly rate the last couple of games. He shot 20 of 25 and then 14 of 18. Uh, hello, can we please get some defense on Devin Booker? And I understand when an offensive player is playing well, there's not much you can do about it. I get that. But, dude, at least be Mix up it on up. Him. Mix it up. Give him some yeah. different looks, right? And that's what they have not been doing. And then, of course, even letting Landry Shamit. Go because Landry Shamit was the difference maker in that game. Because oh, if you really sure. if you really think about it, Devin Booker did his thing, KD did his thing. Yep. They won the game by what five? Yep. Like in both games, the games were both relatively close, even when they've been shooting at this unbelievable clip. So honestly, that makes me feel better going into tomorrow's game. It really does because the way I see it, all the Nuggets have to do is get back to playing Nuggets basketball. The Suns are not a good defensive team. They're just not. But we are allowing them to dictate the game. And that's what's happening. We're seeing Booker and KD play this two-man situation. So the Nuggets are like, okay, well, we got Jokic and Murray. So let's try to combat that. They want to take shots. Let's take shots. No, play our game. Kick the ball around. That's how Shamit was able to. And dude, Jock Landale coming off the bench. Oh, and, and like, come on, man. Really, Jock Landale, not even Bismack Biombo. Like I've seen, like Bismack Biombo. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but they played the Sixers a couple of weeks before the season was over, and he did dirty work on Joel Embiid. Like he blocked him like five times, and like Embiid had like eight points in that game. Bismack Biombo can play defense. Like that's a that's a pretty decent defensive backup center. He's not even getting any burn in this series. It's Jock Landale, the guy who's coming out of nowhere, and he's actually making an impact. There's no Chris Paul. Like, come on now. So Michael Malone does have to make a a change, and it'll be interesting to see if we get to see Peyton Watson and Reggie Jackson, because I know Reggie Jackson's name also came up in the press conference. So surprising. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you what you thought about that for sure. Yeah, no, I was really surprised to hear – I expected him to he I expected to hear either DeAndre Jordan or Zeke. Right. And to hear Reggie Jackson's name, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um the but you you hit on a great point about Landau. Like he's out playing, out hustling, out being being more physical 
than Jeff Green and or Aaron Gordon. Yeah. And there's no way you can let that guy beat you. And if you and what you said about Shamit is so true. What did they what did they provide? A third score. Yeah. It wasn't just Booker and Durant. It was a third score. Then who did the Nuggets have as a third score? It was Gordon and and Porter with 10 points. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, thanks. So, and again, it's like the KCP thing again. He's disappeared again. Like, yes. you know, yeah. and and uh, and defensively, we have to realize, as you said, Jeremy, there are great NBA scorers who you just can't stop. Yeah. But what you need to do is minimize them on some level, whether that's being physical with them or giving them a different look from the standpoint of size and presence. That's why I liked Peyton Watson. I thought also Christian Brown looked like a deer in the headlights in yeah. the last game. Now he did not get a lot of minutes, but the play where they throw the the ball forty or sixty feet down the um, down the court at the last second and KD rises up over Christian that was insane. That was that insane. Play was just crazy man. Yeah, and so you can't. You, I mean, he just looked like so deflated after that. And you know that it had an effect on him the rest of the way. And that's what you have to worry about with rookies. And I get that, right? But you can't let Landau beat you. You cannot continue the same old, same old with Booker. And um, I was really surprised to hear um, Mike Malone bring up Peyton Watson and Reggie Jackson. And again, where does Reggie Jackson get minutes? I don't understand how that would necessarily yeah. work. More as a uh, secondary with, ball handler is I, what I think he was trying to imply. Instead yeah. of like Bruce Brown in the second unit, I think I think he's more so thinking Reggie Jackson could be the one kind of initiating the offense in the second unit. So I well, I don't, know. I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah, that, I don't I mean, either. That's that's I one of either. the strong things about this team, right, Jack? Is that we went into Phoenix at the end of the year with every single backup that we played, and we hanged, we hung tight with them every the whole game. entire yep. game. Mm -hmm. And what does that tell you? What it speaks to the fact that this team has a lot of good pieces deep into the um into the team. And so I really sorry, I really believe that um they need to maximize the fact that this is a deep team, and he needs to change course now yeah. otherwise he's gonna lose his job if they lose this series i agree i strongly believe I, that. I i agree with that i agree because with that. this is and let me just say one last point and i'm sorry to hog up your time jack <laughs> but i did also hear something and again it's contextually important to talk about and i don't know how malone was speaking to this but he did say i don't care about the x's and o's did anyone hear this? He I said, didn't. I don't, I didn't he goes, one, I don't no. care about the X's and O's. I care about my relationships with my team, with my team. I care about my people individually. I don't care about the X's and O's of the basketball game. And I thought that, I mean, Hey man, that's cool to each his own, but we're seeing right now, Monty Williams made adjustments, brought in Ross and Warren off the bench, Mike Malone did nothing in game four to change the, to change the tempo or the outcome of that game. He played yeah. his normal hand and just said, you guys win with our normal hand. Well, it didn't work. 
Yeah. With your best, with the best player in the world going off for 53 points, it didn't work Malone. So your job's on the line, buddy boy. And you Mm -hmm. either change with the times, figure this out, roll with this deep team you have, or it's over. And this will be a shame boys, because this team is really good. Yeah. Yeah. This will, this will be tough. Jack. (laughs) Sorry, Jack. No, Now I feel yeah. like I both owe you 20 bucks for my session. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, it, it's, it's just frustrating. I mean, Nelson, you, you kind of said it all as, as you know, you'd expect because just the lack of, and I mean, I kind of opened with it, but just that lack of adjustment is, is really killing the team. And I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you, you brought it up and it was great about how those last two games with when they were resting all the starters, how all of those guys were coming out and showing and uh, and they almost beat him. And I think that if you put a Jokic in there or a Jamal in there in both of those games, they win. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just – it is a bummer. It really is. I, I think – I mean, there's no really other way to um, to describe it because it's one of those things where you got someone so stuck in their ways to where – I mean, you can't say – we can keep saying this and we can be a broken record about player effing bench and, and yet he's not going to. So – I, it's one of those kind of lost causes to where let's just hope they win on his style of ball. Just be, and it's not. I don't want to be such a a negative person, but at the same time, it's kind of like we're we're up to his mercy of of how his rotation's going to look. But mm-hmm. you know, that's why I just really think I I, I got to stay confident, and not because like not the overconfidence I feel like we had in in our last one when we were all together, but um. You know, I think they're going to be in Denver, or I know they're going to be in Denver, but I think they're going to be smarter. I think they're going to have, you know, just more, I want to say confidence. And that's that's what's really tough about this team is that I really, really, really want to say confidence, but I have no idea if they're going to go in confident because they either, they're this weird team where they either are just, you know, motivate, motivated by these losses or they, you know, crumble. And I've seen both of it happen in the same season. So, you know, I think they were a little cocky going against the Wolves, and that's why, you know, even though they lost that one game, they just kind of barreled through them in game five and, and cleaned it up. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I um, I just really think that, you know, the issue is really going to be how they move on after game five. Because I would say confidence of game five still like a seven or eight, I think, this series is really going to go down to who's playing at home, unfortunately. Yeah. Luckily, guess who has the tiebreaker there? But, um, you know, I, I just, I worry about the, the roster and not because it's not constructed. Well, I got, I got a thousand percent faith in Calvin Booth, but I just think that this team is just being held back. And I, I don't, again, some guys aren't performing when they should. So, you know, I, I, again, I can't, I'm not going to be the guy that's saying we have lost two games because solely because of Michael Malone, that's just not the case. Um, I mean, we can get into the refing. I don't know if we're going to that kind oh, of, a podcast, but <laughs> that, that was that listen, man, Tony brothers is that, the worst. Th- but here's, we, we've talked about this before, right? We've talked about the fact that when we know a ref's name, mm-hmm. And we are worried about a game's outcome because a particular ref is in charge of said game moving forward. That's a problem, right? Because us as fans, one, we really don't even be we don't really don't even need to know who the refs are. 
right? Like these are just supposed to be people out there doing their jobs and essentially nameless. But of course, you know, everybody wants their shine now. They got to make sure they get their names everywhere and whatever. But what I saw last night, and, and you guys saw it, I tweeted before the game because I was talking about um, just how the, what I, you know, I was asking everybody about their, just their confidence level going into the game. If we would, you know, take a three, one lead or if they would tie it up. And then somebody tweeted me and they said, I'm not very confident because I see Tony brothers is the crew chief. And when he's, when he tweeted me that I actually researched and I was like, he really is. So as soon as I saw it, I was like, Oh gosh, this is because knowing his history and think about all of the times where Jokic has gotten technicals. Jokic has been ejected. Tony brothers has been at, if, if not a hundred percent of those games, 95. He doesn't yeah. like him. He doesn't like, there's just something about Nikola Jokic that Tony brothers does not like. And I don't care what anybody says. They could say it's a conspiracy and all this type of crap. No, it is a fact because look at every single one of those games where Jokic had issues. Tony brothers was right there. And there's just something about him. And of course, I know we we obviously got to bring up the, the the situation that happened last night, right? You know, ball goes out of bounds. Nikola Jokic, he sees that it's a and you guys have you you watch We've Jokic seen all him the time. He, he does it all the time. He always he wants to hustle. He runs out of bounds and he tries to get the ball either from the ref or whoever has the ball. And he wants to start the play quickly. That's what that's he does. Right. That's right. So he it was no different than what I saw. He ran to the crowd. That's where the ball was. And Matt Ishbia whatever is holding the ball. He tries to take it, and the dude pulls back on it. The ball flies in the air. Jokic puts his hands up in the air signaling like pass me the ball the dude moves up on him more and Jokic nudges him like dude I don't care who you are you don't get up that close to a player like I don't care if you're the owner of whatever team and Michael Malone said it correctly he didn't give a damn like that was just what it was he didn't care who the person was you don't do that in that situation like while that happened in my mind I was like they're going to suspend them. That, uh, you know what? That's I didn't all I think thought about. about that. I did not think about it until after the game when you guys brought it up. Yeah. And when you did, I was like, they're just crazy enough mm-hmm. that they will. They're just crazy enough that they're going to throw this whole series for something that uh, Nicola D- did last night that was is totally bleem, blown out of proportion right. mm-hmm. and out of context. And I, when you said that, I go, no, I like, I remember I go, no, they're not going to do that. Yeah. And you guys were like, watch they, they very well. Yeah. can. I felt like it was going to happen. Honestly, well, like I'll I be honest, nervous. all day, I got nervous yeah. all day until, because, you know, I was talking to my dad earlier today and I was just like, I think, I think he's going to get suspended. Not because he deserves it. It's just that because people kept bringing up the fact that back in the day, um, you know, I think Amari Stoudemire and one of them had some issue where they walked on the court and then they got suspended. I'm like, I mean, I guess that's relevant, but it's not the same. It's just because it was the Suns. And that's the only reason Suns fans are bringing that up. They were using that. But I think when I actually started to feel better and more confident was when Matt Ishbia got on Twitter and tweeted that, listen, I respect Jokic. I don't want him to be suspended in any way. I don't want none of this stuff to happen. Let's just move on in the series. So when the guy who was a part of the situation and basically caused it went on there, and a lot of people were like, oh, he just did that to save face because he didn't want to get fined in some way and trying to make the peace. But listen, man, I just I felt in that moment that Jokic was getting suspended. I already started to think in my head like, 
dude, they're really about to take this series away from us. Like, this is crazy. I know. You know, but I thought so too. I'm just and glad then, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I saw all day today the traveling call on uh, the Joker, which there was no traveling call. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. And then, they, and then they showed KD. KD. I saw it. Same his, thing. His foot was he moving moved like, so many times. Oh, I know. And then uh, Nicola goes up for the jump ball, and the guy has uh, eight and has Aiden his is shoulder. holding his arm, man. Yeah. yeah. And I got to tell you one on. other thing, and 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 again, this is just a child that I am. If I have to hear Spiro Didi's or however you say his name <laughs> one more time, I'm gonna vomit. I cannot stand listening to that dude. Yeah. Um, as an announcer, am I the only one in the room? Oh, no, you're you're that? not. You're not the only one. Oh my god, no, he's just so no. obnoxious. <laughs> like stick stick to your football broadcast, brother, because you're horrible as an yeah. NBA announcer. Do you think that way too, Jack, or not really? Yeah, not not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. Yeah. He's a, hey, okay. he's an announcer for the Chargers. I mean, you can't really give him too much. <laughs> okay, there you go. There's a. I'll tell you guys, man. There's a couple people like announcers that I'm starting not to really like, right? Yeah. And there's I'm not a big fan of Mark Jones, and, and here's oh, why. God. I, I, here's here's why. Because Mark Jones, he's one of the commentators for the Kings, no, right? He is, yeah. And and he when I tell you, he tr- like he tries to keep it neutral when he does like the, the bigger like ESPN games and all those types of stuff. But when you put him and Doris Burke together oh, on horrible. a broadcast, I shut the volume down and I put music on, bro. I can't, I can't listen to them because it's a constant just, and, and people may not, people may not see it this way, but they, they try to act like they're not bashing Jokic. But oh, they all do. game. They're just talking about, Oh, he sucks defensively yeah. or, Oh, he can't rotate on this. Oh, they're just picking him apart. And it's like, bro, he said that for years, man. He said that for man. the last four years, he said, I don't know about who you want as your big man, but I like a big man that can that can actually block shots. Yeah, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" And then um, Jokic actually went up to his kids apparently and was super nice to them. Like, of course, beyond belief, and that kind of won him over a, on a little small level. Yeah, but in general terms, he cannot stand the joker and he's so bad i like doris um as an announcer i think she's really really good but i agree with you mark jones is not my not my not my favorite yeah yeah mark jones on twitter goes off on Jokic still yeah it's the same thing and and i think that's why i think there's just a couple guys now that i can't really listen to i mean i'll be honest I am not a fan of Mark Jones. I am not personally a fan of Doris Burke anymore. I thought she used to be a lot more neutral. Like she was like in the middle on all of her takes. And now it's like her bias just spews out on every broadcast now. Um, the, the guy you brought up, like there's only a few of like even Richard Jefferson. I'm not a fan. No way. Like it's just a lot of these guys. Like I can't, when I hear them talking, it's like you hear how biased they are when they talk. It's like, bro. Can you please just talk about the game that's in front of you? We don't need to hear about how you personally feel in the background. We don't need to know about that. While you're watching the game, you don't need to tell everybody, well, see, I've been telling everybody all the time, Jokic can't block a shot. Like, bro, why are you why are you telling us that? We don't need why don't we don't need to know what you tell your friends in a barbershop. 
talk about the game in front of you and let us enjoy it. All right. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. I love it, Jeremy. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, there's, there was also something interesting. Speaking of journalists, um, uh, Chuck got Chuck Barkley, uh, my buddy, Chuck, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Charles Barkley, um, was talking about how, what a fool somebody was to leave, uh, the Joker off of the MVP voting. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about, um, guess who, and I, I don't want to mention any names, but his initials are Nick, Wright. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, he was just ripping on him like whoever said that, and he knew exactly who he was talking about. Of course, is yeah. a total and complete idiot. Yeah. And then he ripped on uh, ripped on some other reporters and said that anybody who thinks Jamal Murray is better than the Joker is doesn't know what the heck they're talking about right, because right. there is no comparison. It's not that there's no comparison. It's just that. Uh, Nicola is the is the best player. No, he's the, the guy. Jamal has good games and he has really good moments, and that's awesome. But if you look at the Jamal Murray's good games, just 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 look at them: fifty here, forty here, all this type of stuff. Dude, Jokic has done the exact same thing. Oh, for sure, he has. It's just he may not have done it in a flashy way. He's just banging threes all over the place, and you know, running to the crowd and doing all of this stuff. Jamal has that type of mentality. Jokic, not so much. He does his damage silently. And right. his real damage and impact is really when he's moving the ball around and then picking his spots and, and going crazy. So, no, listen, Jamal Murray is really good when he's really good. But then on the other side of the coin, he will lose you a game, right? Like that is just game three. Right. And he knew it. He went up and he said, listen, this was on me. My bad. So we understand that he has the ability to win you a game and lose you a game. That's just who he is. Right. So, I mean, he is a really good player, and, and I could definitely see him becoming an all-star, all of that. That's awesome. But he is not affecting the game like, like Nikola Jokic. Like, it no, is right. not even – it's a different stratosphere, dude. Like, But I love Jamal. I mean, I think he's he's great. No, I but, do too. But, but, but I stop, also think he, in, in some of the games he's been a bit of a ball stopper also. Right. Like – Move the ball, man. Let's see some creativity. Let's see you just you also be the point guard where you're actually distributing the basketball as well. It's not about the gym. It's not. Yes, it's playoff time. And I've always thought he stepped up in the playoffs. If you look at uh, his playoff averages, I think he averages close to 28 a game, which is very impressive. Right. But but it's also ball stopping Jamal. Let's move the ball around and find the open look. Yep. You know, it doesn't have to be Jamal pounding the basketball and doing one-on-one -on -one ISOs. Yeah. Um, move the ball around. That's what makes good teams great. And you'll get your shots by doing that still. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Jack, I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. Um, so last night, obviously, the Sixers played in the first game. Nuggets played in the second game, right? Yes, sir. Shaquille O'Neal comes out, and he says, I want to make sure I put this on record. Nikola Jokic is the best center in the league. Now, this rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And by people, I mean only Sixers fans. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it was. 
because everybody else seems to know. Everybody else seems to understand what, what the truth is. We all know that Nikola Jokic is the best center in the league. We know this. Embiid has had good games. He's had good seasons. That's awesome. But what yeah. he does on a basketball court, think about the Sixers right now. They would have been swept if James Harden didn't have those 40-point games. They would have been swept because Harden hit two game winners in two games. They would have been go- they would have been home right now. Like that's the that's the other side. So what were your like I I'm, I'm sure you saw that. So it's like what were you, what was your thought just immediately in that moment when you're when you're just seeing that like like Shaq giving Jokic that type of uh you know praise. Oh, I loved it. I loved it, especially because the stat where uh Jokic is averaging more than Embiid is like his best game in the playoffs so far. Yeah. Um, that yeah. really helped. <laughs> I, uh, I think that, um, <laughs> yeah, but like, it's just, it was, it was, I just really have enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the, you know, a- appreciation from, from the big guys, you know, like a Shaq or yeah. like a Barkley. Because, you know, I always take just like, if you're just a regular ESPN analyst, I take it with a grain of salt. And of course, you know that they they got their biases and we just talked about a few of them. But like when you see just guys who have played at their highest level, I mean, both of both of those two on that show were MVPs. So, you know, or what actually was Shaq an MVP? I'm, yeah, I don't think he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he won it. He won it one time. Okay, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. OK, that's why. Um, but yeah, but anyway, but like when you kind of get that. You know, it, it really helped me get off a Twitter because then it keeps yeah, focus as to like what's what's actually successful and like like what success is showing and who has been successful and who like recognizes this. And I just said success like four or five times. No, I just really appreciate that there's really showing the love for them. I think, you know, I mean, even on Twitter, you've seen Magic Johnson talk about Jokic a lot in such a high regard. And I just think, you know, they're, they're starting to give a little bit more respect where it's earned. And I think that, you know, players are ready to, or, I mean, players already know, uh, you know, Dame seems a little salty. I know he tweeted about how Jokic shouldn't be suspended, but at the same time, he, you know, he, so, you know, now, there's some still on the fence about Jokic, but I think there's there's an universal feeling about him and how great he is. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, it's it is it is good. It is good that we're finally starting to see and hear some recognition, like you mentioned, because we know it. I think anybody with some real sense knows it. Um, <laughs> but it's just that they, you know, the whole narrative and all that stuff throughout the season that has affected the way a lot of people saw him and. The interesting part about just even going back just to the MVP side of things, the amount of people that I'm hearing now that went back and they were like, yo, we might have made a mistake. That is like you're hearing this from people like people who had votes, people who, you know, who were on in the media telling people that because these were the same people who were basically saying that Jokic didn't play well in the playoffs. Hello. If I hear that again, I like your basketball knowledge is just I don't I don't want to hear you talk about sports because if you're not seeing what I'm seeing, like come on now, you know. So it is what it is, man. I mean, we can't change them them people, but you know, um, we got a, we got a couple cool things happening real soon. Um, 
we're probably going to have some some interesting guests. All Nuggets fans. I got you, Nelson. You're good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nuggets fans. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. I got you. I got you. Um, we're we're you know we're gonna see if we can get. I, I do want to get Shad back up here because I think Shad Shad is 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 dope, man. Um, definitely get some more perspective on here. Trying to see if we can get uh, Swiper Swiper Cam on here too. Um, you know, I want to see if I can get Harrison Wynn back on here because I had Harrison on um on a podcast that i used to do just back in the day and he was one of the first people that i ever interviewed um so i want to i'm gonna send him a message and see if we can get him on here and you know because because if you watch like the post-game press conferences you always know when he's in the room because michael malone always calls him by name he was always say this is what i was thinking tonight harrison you know and it's just like like he, he so they definitely have a rapport right and i think um, I would love to kind of pick his brain on just a couple of things that he's seen, even in the playoffs, just having those questions. So I'll reach out to him, you know, probably tomorrow and see if we can get him on the show by the end of the week. Uh, maybe recap, uh, maybe game six. Um, so no matter what happens in that game, I think that'll be a cool one. So we'll see how that goes. But any, 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 got anybody got anything else to, to, to share before we get up out of here? I know Jack's going to get Lafonso Ellis on the show. Um, Very cool. And so, yeah, we've got that going for us. I'm trying. (laughs) I got an autographed ball of his, so I I want to brown us a little bit. Yeah, I wish we could get the Fonz on. He's one of my favorites. That'll be um, cool. Yeah, that would be great. Anyways, no, I I, I think we're at a point where, first of all, uh, really quickly, um, I did say that the Nuggets were going to cruise after the first two games. So I will take ownership of that um, 100%. Uh, I think now we are in a, a different reality. Um, and the reality is we have to hold court, meaning we have to win at uh, the can. Um, yeah, best of three. And ball arena uh, is what I should say. And, um, yeah, we got to win that and um, hold serve. And let's remember that Phoenix was the favorite going into this series. Uh, Denver took care of business in game one and two. They took care of business three and four. It's time for us to reciprocate at home, and I think they'll do it. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Jack, quick prediction on uh, game five. Talk to me. Me too. Yeah, uh, basically what Nelson said, I, I definitely agree that they're gonna they're gonna kind of flex their muscles here in Denver. They always do. Um, again, that's good and bad because they need to be showing up away. But I think they'll take care of it at home. I think uh, you know what? I'll throw a score in there. I'll say one. I'll say one fifteen to one oh nine. I'll throw you know ran, random ass numbers, but let's hope uh, I can be a little bit of a wizard. I like that, Jack. That's not that's not a bad prediction. Um, and another thing too, I uh, Alex English does follow me on Twitter, and no. I was thinking about I was thinking about reaching out and seeing if we can get an Alex English on the show. I will try my best. I'm gonna reach out and say, hey. Yeah, I've reached out. I've reached out to him as well. <laughs> very cool. Without very cool. any luck, but yeah. Go hey, we it. listen, man. We 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 gonna we gonna try. You know, but I definitely want to get um and even throughout the summer, right? Like just the summer months, like you know, when, you know, training camp and all these different things start to happen after the, you know, they make, cause I'm sure they're going to, it's Calvin Booth, right? We know he's going to make some changes even in the summer. And I want to make sure that we're able to talk about those as well. 
Um, so I definitely want to get some more people from the Nuggets organization on the show and just to share some some deeper insight, because, of course, we only see things from a particular perspective. But I would love to hear some more information from the inside. Right. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's always fun to have people on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, listen, guys, it was a pleasure being on here. Um, I know the Nuggets losing back to back games has not been fun, but um there's not much we can do about that right now. We just got to hope that they win game five. And I would love to have them win in game six because I did say Nuggets in six before the series. Um, but this is Denver Hoops and Dreams. So everybody that's listening, reach out to us. Let us know any other guests that you want us to get on the show. If you you know are a guest and you want to be on the show, you can reach out to us as well. Any of us are all available on Twitter at any time. So just reach out and um, you know we'll make it happen. But Until next time, guys, this is Denver Hoops and Dreams. We will be having another show before the week is over, and we will recap game five as well as game six. But until next time, go Nuggets. Peace.